You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. easier if you got people around you that serve the same God you serve and have the same commitment you have, but we'll get to that. When we study this book of Daniel, you're going to find that Daniel and his three friends remained true to the God of Israel throughout the entire Babylonian captivity, but it was not without trial. It was not without sacrifice. It was not without difficulty, but they made it, and they remained faithful throughout their lifetime. What about you? As you look to your past, will you see a life of faithfulness to God? Today, Pastor Danny teaches you that Daniel was consistently faithful to God despite the trying times he went through. He kept perspective as to who God was and never failed to honor that. As such, he can serve as an inspiration to you and your walk. No matter what trials life may throw your way, remember that Jesus is always there with you and he will not let you down. Remain faithful to him and you won't regret it. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 2 as he continues his message, Maintaining Your Witness in Babylon. I'm certain you're trying to gain time because you realize this is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there's just one penalty for you. You've conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, verse 10. There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing to any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. Well, they're not getting anywhere. Verse 12, this made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Guess who that includes now? Daniel and his three friends. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. I so want to be like him. I don't know if I'm going to ever live long enough to become like him, but he's so mature to be a young man this mature in the Lord. He spoke with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house, explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. In other words, you guys better pray. 
so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. You better know Daniel prays and they pray. And it appears they prayed into the night because during the night, the mystery was revealed in a vision to Daniel. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven. God gives you a revelation. You better make sure you give him his due. And Daniel does. Here's what he says, verse 20. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we ask of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. How cool is that? Verse 24, then Daniel went to Ariok, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. And he said to him, don't execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I'll interpret his dream for him. So obviously the decree had not had time to be carried out. Nobody died. Daniel was going to save their lives. Ariok took Daniel to the king at once and said, I found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. Boy, I bet Neb's face just lit up. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And again, you see Daniel's maturity and his humility. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. In other words, Neb, it's a prophetic dream. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. And you can see Neb now, he's on the edge of his throne. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Another way of saying that is, O king, God put me here for you. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue. Neb's going, that's right. That's exactly what I saw. An enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet, partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It's a supernatural rock. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. And then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the whole statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Pause there for a moment, and I know it's probably time for a pause because that's a lot of stuff. This is so cool. It's just so cool. Neb's chief god was a god named Bel Marduk. They had another name for him, just like we have different names for God. Another name for Bel Marduk, Shadu Rabu. What does that mean? Get this. It means great mountain. Did you hear what I said? 
In Babylonian legend, you can look it up, Belmarduk is said to have defeated the dragon of chaos. His name was Chiamet by sending a strong wind and blowing him away. This is a personal message to Neb. Belmarduk ain't the greatest god. There's one coming. He's going to blow your god away and all the other kingdoms of the world, and he's going to set up a kingdom that will last forever. Verse 36, this was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he's placed mankind, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air. Wherever they live, live, he's made you ruler over them. You're that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, and there's ten toes, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Now, a lot of people love this section. I understand why. Because God's giving in this prophetic dream a prophecy of history. When we get to Daniel chapter 7, we will go much deeper into the history prophetically. But for this morning, that's not where we're headed. But let me just simply give you, give you the history. We know Babylon is the head of gold and Nebuchadnezzar. He came, he's gone. The silver chest and arms is ancient Medo-Persia. That was the medium of exchange in ancient Medo-Persia. After Medo-Persia comes Alexander the Great and Greece. You study history, Greek soldiers had helmets, breastplates, swords and shields, all of bronze. Bronze became a symbol throughout ancient Greece. It was known as the Bronze Age. The iron legs and the feet and toes of iron and clay. Double meaning. Ancient Rome, they developed iron weaponry and they marched across the breadth of the earth and they smashed everybody that got in their way. Rome was never conquered by another power. Do you realize that? Rome kind of just deteriorated and disappeared. And the Bible prophesies a revived Roman Empire led by 10 nations, 10 kings. That'll be the foundation of it. And the Antichrist will come in and rule over those 10 kings and 10 nations. He's an 11th king. But we'll get into that more in chapter 7. But God's given Neb a prophetic view of the future. This is what the future holds. And there's coming a rock cut out, but not by human hands. I wonder who that is. That's Jesus. He's going to come. And when he comes, he's going to hit the statue. All the kingdoms of this world come crumbling down and he becomes the ruler of this earth and we will rule and reign with him. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. Finish it out. Verse 46, then came King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel. That doesn't happen. He's so overwhelmed. He falls before Daniel. He paid him honor, ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. 
And the king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. You know what God wants to do with every one of us? He wants us to be a witness to show that our God is the true God and our Savior is the only Savior. And there's coming a day when Jesus will return and he'll set up a kingdom on this earth that will never again be destroyed. And then the king placed Daniel in a high position, lavished many gifts on him, made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon, placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. God has raised them up for a divine purpose that they might be witnesses in the land of Babylon. I finished my study. I had my notes. And God took me to Psalm 90, verse 10. I found it fascinating. You know what Psalm 90, verse 10 tells us? That the average lifespan is 70 years. How long are you going to have to resist Babylon? A lifetime. How often are you going to have to resist Babylon? Every day. How difficult is it going to be? It would be a lot easier if you got people around you that serve the same God you serve and have the same commitment you have, but we'll get to that. When we study this book of Daniel, you're going to find that Daniel and his three friends remained true to the God of Israel throughout the entire Babylonian captivity, but it was not without trial. It was not without sacrifice. It was not without difficulty, but they made it, and they remained faithful throughout their lifetime. What about you? What's it going to take for me to make it to the end? And I'm, I'm closer to the end than I've ever been. My wife and I were able to visit the Billy Graham Library when we were up in Charlotte recently. We've always wanted to go and never had the time, never took the time, and we finally went. It's a wonderful facility, and they take you through the history of the ministry of Billy Graham. I got saved four times going through the whole thing. <laughs> My wife got saved twice. You go out in the bookstore at the end. I bought one of Billy Graham's book. It's called Death and the Life After. Every single day I think about heaven, and I also think about death. I'm getting closer than ever before. I'm so thankful that I am looking forward to the other side. And I want to finish well. But even at 63, every day is a challenge. How'd they do it? How'd they make it? How'd they remain faithful? I'll tell you how. Number one, they determine not to defile themselves, and you're going to have to determine not to defile yourself. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. May you be sanctified. Sanctified. It means set apart. It's a daily commitment. It's a daily commitment. You go the way of the world, guess what? You're going to get involved in sexual sin. It's so easy to do. God created sex, not the devil. But God created sex to be enjoyed in holy matrimony. And we're living in a world where sexual sin is rampant. It's rampant in the culture. It's rampant in the church. It's rare for us to marry two people that haven't already been living together. That's an absolute shame on the church of Jesus Christ. In so many areas of the church, we're given over to idolatry. We're given over to Babylon. We've been seduced. If you, you've been seduced by a woman, you've been seduced by Babylon. You've been seduced by a man, you, man, you've been seduced by Babylon. You're living in sexual sin, you've been seduced. 
You're living for this world and what it can give you and what money can buy. You've been seduced. You're living to be a rock star or a movie star or famous or whatever. You've been seduced. Listen, we need to make a fresh commitment, and it needs to happen daily that your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Daniel and his friends made a commitment, and it had to be a daily commitment. What do people associate your name with? That's a very practical question. Do they know you as the A student? Do they know you as the one who has a particular gifting? Do they know you as the musician? Do they know you as a particular area that you're good in in life, you know, and gifted in? Or, or do they more associate you with the God that you serve? I'm amazed that a student can go through years of schooling and people in that school, people sitting in the desk right next to them and all those years they were together not know that they are a... Christian. How can that happen? How can that happen? Listen, when people associate us, they ought, to, they ought to associate us with our God. When we get to Daniel chapter 6, the famous story of Daniel and the lion's den, the people that are around Daniel in the government positions of authority, Daniel is in a government position of authority. They don't like him. They don't like him because he's Jewish. They don't like him because he's favored. They don't like him because he won't submit to the gods of Babylon and serve the gods of Babylon. Three times a day, he bows toward Jerusalem and prays to the God of Israel. And everybody knows it. They try to get Daniel fired. They're trying to find something they can pin on him as a failure in the workplace. But they can't find anything because he's faithful. He's a man of integrity. He's a man that does his job and he does it well. And they realize the only way we can get to Daniel is if it has to do with his God. And everything about Daniel and his life was associated with his worship and with his God. And that's what they used to try to take him down and send him into the lion's den. It was just another opportunity for God to use his life as a witness. Peter writes and he says, if you suffer, you shouldn't suffer as a murderer or as a thief or any other kind of sinner, or even as a meddler. But if you suffer as a Christian, Christian, don't be ashamed. Praise God that you bear that name. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. I am his ambassador, and I'm not ashamed of him because he's coming to set up a kingdom, and guess what? I'm going to rule and reign with him. I pray you're there with me. Don't you underestimate the relationship that Daniel had with we know them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their relationship to one another. Thank God for Daniel's leadership. But he was encouraged by their commitment, and they were encouraged by his commitment. Men, let me ask you. Do you have at least one other Christian brother in your life, at least one other Christian brother that knows everything about your life, that when you struggle in your marriage, they know, that when you struggle with sexual temptation, they know, that when you struggle with the things of Babylon, they know. And if you start to get off track, they love you enough that they will lovingly confront you. If you don't have a Christian brother like that, at least one, you need to do everything you can to invest your time and your effort to develop those kind of relationships. Ladies, do you have at least one other Christian sister that knows everything about your life, that when you're struggling in your marriage, when you're struggling in life, when you're facing the difficulties and the temptation of Babylon, that they can pray for you, come alongside you, encourage you, and you can do the same for them. Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, he said, two 
cord strand has strength, but a three cord strand, it's not easily broken. Man, if you can get two other good Christian friends, you young people, young people, do you have another young person that's committed to God and committed to Jesus? If not, you need to seek those kind of people out. And if those aren't your closest friends, you need to begin to make some closer friends that have commitments to Jesus so that they can help you in your walk and you can in turn help them in their walk. Daniel's relationship with his three friends is not to be underestimated. And the prophetic picture here is clear. Daniel was reminded, his friends were reminded, we may be in Babylon, but we won't be here forever. We won't be here forever. Because the rock cut out, but not by human hands, he's coming. He's going to smash all the other kings and kingdoms. He's going to set up his kingdom, and we're going to rule and reign with him. And that's what we're living for. We're living for the future, not the now. Paul writes in Philippians 3, he says, Many live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. They're not into sacrifice. They're not into self-denial. Their God is their stomach. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we await a Savior from there. I think about heaven every single day. I pray you do. Every single day. Last but not least, God gives us a prophetic picture here. God gives Daniel and his friends a prophetic picture. And the idea is that they are to be witnesses of the prophetic picture. Paul writes in Acts chapter 20, verse 26, and he says, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. What does he mean by that? He's thinking about Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 33 where God told Ezekiel, if you warn the wicked and they repent and they are saved, then I won't hold you accountable. If you warn them, even if they don't repent, I won't hold you accountable. But if you don't warn them, I'll hold you accountable for their blood. Listen, we have a ministry here. We're called Christ ambassadors here. We have a purpose here, and that is to be a witness for the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if we're not telling people the prophetic picture and that Jesus is coming, let me remind you something. Jesus is coming. He is coming. And here's where I get in trouble. I got three minutes. I wish the church was more excited about sharing the prophetic plan of the future and the coming of Jesus Christ. I wish we were more excited about that than we are about rallying for our political candidate. The political candidates need to be taken to a woodshed and spanked before they ever stand and do a debate again, I can tell you that. Shame on America that we have leaders that can't be examples to our children. They're like little toddlers. And I love America. I love America. But I love Jesus more. And I'm more for the kingdom of God than I am for the kingdom of America. And we better get to the place where we're sharing more about Jesus and more passionate about his coming and his rule and reign than getting the next president in Washington. And that's all I have to say about that. God help us that we're more passionate about the kingdom, passionate about the kingdom of God and the coming of Jesus than we are our political efforts. I love America and we ought to vote our conscience, we ought to do everything we can to get God's man in office, whatever office that is. But if we're doing that and more passionate about that than the coming of Jesus, we've just lost the priority. 
We're servants of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're ambassadors for the government of heaven. You've been listening to The Living Word, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship with Pastor Danny. Sometimes life circumstances hit hard and they can leave us wondering where God is. But rest assured, the Lord never leaves or forsakes and usually His plans are better than ours. Daniel's life is proof of that. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer and we would be honored to do that for you send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. Would you also pray for us here at The Living Word? As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you join us for our time of worship. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.